The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Thank you very much. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 64 of The Boys of Tech for Monday, 3 May 2010. My name is Edwin Herman. My co-host is Brett King. Welcome along, Brett. Hello. Who hasn't done his homework because at the end of last week's show, you were going to test out a couple of things for us. We were talking about... Yes, yes, I was, but I completely forgot about it. (laughs) You reminded me today, but I wasn't here today, and my housemates are watching movies. I can't use the PS3. Oh, that's annoying. You're, you're just going to have to kick them off and take charge. <laughs> no, that, that doesn't always work. No, no. But uh, yeah, at the end, in the New Zealand section, we were, we were talking about testing uh, Zilm TV, I think. And yep, TVNZ Zilm on TV demand. And the new TVNZ on demand. Exactly. This will mean absolutely nothing to anyone outside New Zealand. So I'll tell you what we'll do. Uh, we'll introduce our guest, Cameron Colley from Brisbane. Welcome along. Thank you very much. Cameron, we've got you on the show because you're kind of in the news right now. I am. I am. You are. You, you've, you've got a company called Groggle. Correct. And I understand that Google aren't too happy with the name you've chosen for your company. No. No, they're not. Not at all. But, um, but it's not sorry. quite Google, is it? It's Groggle. It's about grog, it is. isn't it? It is. It's about alcohol. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a bit perplexed as to what the problem is, really. So tell us what happened. You, you registered a trademark, or at least you applied for the trademark Groggle with IP Australia back in, I think it was September last year? That's right. And approved in February this year? It was approved and published in their gazette in February, February 4, actually. The, the law is that basically they, when they publish that in their, in their gazette, anyone who wants to contest that trademark for registration has 90 days to do so. And essentially that 90-day period ends tomorrow. So yeah, they've given me basically uh, a bit over 10 days to, to get things organized. So in that time, you got a letter from Google asking you to, what, cease trading under the name Groggle and relinquish the domain names, didn't they? They did. They certainly did. It was a cease and desist. They wanted me to uh, basically withdraw the trademark, uh, to hand over all the domains associated with Groggle to them. We own domains basically in most English-speaking countries around the world, uh, including New Zealand, and all the subsequent you know, subdomains as well, just protecting our, our name, basically. And uh, yeah, to cease trading under, under, the, uh, under the name. If not, if we didn't do so by last Thursday, uh, um, they were going to make it um, pretty painful for us. So they were going to, what, file opposition with IP Australia, is that right? They did. They were going to file an opposition. They, they said they would file an opposition, and then they would also try and basically take us to court. So what has happened since Thursday? Has any, do you know whether anything's happened? or? Well, basically, uh, since uh, Thursday, a week or so ago, basically, I put it out on my Twitter account. I basically said, look, I've received the cease and desist order from Google over Groggle, or at Groggle, which is the, the Twitter name for, for our company. Uh, I said, I need an IP lawyer. And that just went like wildfire. There was um, retweets everywhere. And it was fantastic. So we got a great response. One of the local radio stations picked up on that. And I was interviewed on the radio and whatnot. And that DJ happened to know an IP lawyer. Who is now representing us? But um, oh, that's yeah, crazy! That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The response was was fantastic. And then after that, I, I actually sent a uh, an email to a friend of mine who I know at um, Znet, and um, he put the article up. And after that, 
that was just insane. I had every newspaper in the country calling. The story went global, basically. We're still finding articles. Uh, it hit Denmark News this morning. It's been translated into you know, Thai, Russian, Belarusian. It's just crazy stuff. Um, it's weird to see an article in a just... Sanskrit, and the only thing you recognise is your own name in the word groggle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a really important story, though, because, you know, people care about Google. They pe- mm. People like Google. People have, you know, people hold them to their motto, do no evil. And then when they see this, they kind of think, well, hang on a minute, this, you know, what's going on? Why why are they doing this? Is, is this fair? Do they have a point, or are they just becoming too big for their own boots? Mm. I mean, I can I understand. If it was, you know, Google or... Uh, you know, I've, I've been directly said to people, well, look, we're just going to change the name to Bruegel and just focus on beers. I mean, if there was something like that, that's, you know, you just, you know, you're making fun of them and you deserve to have yourself shut down or whatever. But Groggle, uh, I mean, we, we, we wanted the name Grogger. We couldn't get that. It was already taken. We wanted to think of something, I guess, a little more Web 2.0, a sort of a random word, which kind of is, is kind of what you do now. But most top level domains are gone. You can't get anything literal or anything kind of obvious. So you kind of have to make up a word like there's Dig, there's Etsy, eBay. I mean, these words don't mean anything, but you know exactly what they mean in the terms of the internet. And that's what we wanted to grovel. Do you think it could be a case of Google not understanding that down under here, we, we call booze grog? Yeah, I, I think so. It's think that, funny, that might be part uh, of the problem. Yeah, I, I think so too. Because uh, mm. from what I found out through a, a connection, there's a website called Crikey over here and I, I did an interview with Crikey and the journalist said, look, I spoke to someone in their PR department and they confirmed that it's come from uh, Google in the US. This is not Google Australia that wow. has done this. This has come yeah, directly from Mountain View. So apparently the, the quote that I received off the record was Google do not want the trademark registered and uh, they just feel that it's just too confusing. And I, I really do think it has got to do with they're not getting the grog part. They're, just, they're looking at it as being a random word that's just too close to to Google and, and they don't want to know about it. Because incidentally, I looked up on Wikipedia and I just typed in the word grog and it mentioned it was a slang term for alcohol and it said specifically pertaining to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. So, and it's funny because uh, basically uh, the story's broken in, um, it went to the Telegraph in the UK, Independent in Ireland. And the feedback, I mean, all the, all the journals have been writing basically saying this is insane. Of course, you know, through Australia and New Zealand as well. But the US haven't. They've kind of had this weird slant on it. And the story hasn't actually really been picked up in the US at all. I, I actually just think they think we are just cyber squatters and we're just, yeah, out, out to cash in without actually realizing the true meaning of the word. Yeah, it's, it's one of those crazy parts about the globalness of the internet is yeah. just because the word means nothing in your language and it looks too similar to something that you use doesn't mean in a completely other country that word is legitimate and used often and known for something else. That's right. Do you think that maybe if if it was to be found too similar, that it actually would have been rejected by IP Australia right from day one? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I really yeah. do. Because um, isn't it isn't it the whole point that you know initially IP Australia will do some sort of comparison to see whether it's mm. it's too similar in their view at least initially. And correct. if it was, that they would have just gone, ah, look, mate, come back and try again. Yeah, yeah. we even paid for the. Uh, you can get get over here called uh, Trademark Head Start. And you pay like an additional amount of money for them to sit down, actually review it and give you a call and say whether it's worth you even even lodging. And we did that because a few people said, look, hey, you know, Google might have an issue with this. And we're like, well, I don't know why they would, but okay, sure. Maybe we should, you know, do a bit of uh, due diligence and, and make sure it doesn't happen. But no, they, they gave us the all clear and so away this, we went. 
This could be very interesting because did Google actually lodge a notice of opposition with IP Australia? Do you know whether they've done that? No, I, I checked Sunday morning. Uh, they hadn't done anything yet, so they have until tomorrow to do so. So we'll see um, see what they do. I'm, I'm imagining they will. And I guess it's just going to get dragged out through IP Australia. Well, I, I think this is where it could get very interesting because mm. I, I do realise that, you know, I've registered a, a, some trademarks here in New Zealand and I, I kind of understand the process that the, the prelim checks aren't necessarily the be-all and end-all. That's why you have the 90-day period. But it's yeah. an indication at least of your chances. So what I'm getting at is if they've initially approved it for registration, I'm kind of thinking, you know, it, it could well maybe go your way in the end. Mm. And yeah. that would make for a bigger story, I tell you that. That you know, that would be a huge story. Yeah. It's interesting that Google has not uh filed an opposition yet. They start off doing what a lot of the, you know, the big companies do. They try to bully you out of it first by sending you a cease and desist yeah. stating that you've breached all of these different things, which if it's been approved by IP Australia, obviously you haven't. Mm. And if they really thought they had a shot at doing it or, you know, if they wanted to put in the, the money to actually put in that opposition, they would have done that mm. instead of sending you a cease and desist to bully you out of it so that you get out of pocket without them having to shell out any money. Correct. That That's basically it. Uh, just more so, I'm just worried about what they, they might do afterwards. Like, I'm really concerned that they're going to lodge some sort of injunction to prevent us from trading and just hold us up in the courts, which... But surely that would come down to the trademark. So surely, if uh, would, well, would it not? No, they can they can they can bypass IP Australia. There's no there's no point. I mean, if, if IP Australia say no to the trademark, they can still take us to court of you know breaching the Trade Practices Act. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They can they can make it hurt and probably use like sharp sticks. And that, well, they've yeah. got them. They've got the money to do it. You know, kind of thing as well. Oh, uh, of course they do. Yeah, and I certainly don't. It's, it's it's going to be annoying because, I mean, even if we win this, there's also the threat that they might try and limit us to, to just operating in Australia, which is not really what, what we're about. We wanted to go sort of kind of global with this. And the reason we we sort of thought the name would, would be fine, we thought, yeah, it's going to work great in Australia and New Zealand, that, you know, they get the global part. But the I just thought it would have been, again, another one of these random words to the rest of the world where they may not have fully understood what it meant, but it didn't matter because the word grubble meant, hey, I know where to find my favorite six pack no matter where I'm at. So again, yeah, I'd hate to be restricted to operating in just, you know, two countries uh, in the world. Well, I'd love mm-hmm. this to come to New Zealand because I, I want to find where I can get my Contro for, for cheapest. Oh, look, no, we have every intention. Uh, I think uh, the .co.nz was something we registered fairly early on. So Oh, you did, did you? you? Can, yeah, you can you can go and visit uh, groggle.co.nz and register your interest uh, via email. I'll have to do that. So, Cameron, some people might say, though, that you picked Groggle because you're leveraging off Google's name. It's, it's sort of similar, but it's not. I understand there's the grog part in it. But at the end of the day, there's the GLE kind of thing at the end, which kind of makes you think Google, and you've got to search. It's, a, it's kind of like Google Frugal. Did you choose the name based on, on Google at all? Uh, no, definitely not. It was just, again, one of these fanciful words that we just kind of, you know, we had a whole list of words. And as I said before, we wanted Grogger, we wanted uh, Grogstar, Drinkstar. There was things like that we, we come up with that we, we, we thought were, were okay, but we kind of just, there was something nice about the word Groggle at the time. And yeah, so we went with that. So do you understand why Google's annoyed though? 
Yeah, for, from a U.S. Now that I understand that it, it's a, it's the U.S. directing this fully. I mean, we've been in operation. There's been a Facebook page domains happening for quite a long time now. And I'm fairly sure, given the fact that we've also registered the domain with Google and their premier apps. So you know, our our, our business uses the Gmail application for our business Gmail. Um, <laughs> that's, so that's they, I like yeah, that. They had, they, they had to settle this up. They knew about this, and it's only just now that this has been an issue. And it was funny because only about two weeks ago, I just was looking through the you know, we use Google Analytics and I was looking through the Google Analytics and I know I said, Hey, we've got a visit from Mountain View. And I sort of went, okay. Mm. <laughs> and thought to myself, whatever. And then a couple of days later, something arrived in the mail and I went, okay, now I know why they visited us. What's going to happen now? I mean, if, if they, if they contest this and you lose, I guess you have, you've got no choice legally. You, ha- you would have to relinquish the domain name and cease trading as under that name. Oh, I'm not really sure. Basically, if they contest this, when they lodge the opposition, they have 90 days to prepare a reason why it shouldn't go ahead. We then get to see that, and we have 90 days to say why we think it should, and then IP Australia make a decision. So you're looking at six months there, and even then it could go to some sort of outside appeals court. They can lodge um, some sort of, uh, I'm not sure the word, but it's some sort of injunction which prevents us from trading under the Trade Practices Act. And while that's fairly expensive uh, to, to do, it's absolutely peanuts for Google to do something like that. So again, I'd like to at least come to some sort of settlement with them uh, to try and at least recoup our costs. We have to rebrand, we have to do everything again, we have to get new domains. Yeah, it'd be a shame. We've grown to love the word. You know, we've got a great logo. It's a really cool, like, bottle cap type thing. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. I mean, I, I've, I've had a trademark that uh, I registered and the, the big guys wanted. And w- what was really interesting about that one, it was, it was the name of a radio station, actually. And what was interesting about that one was that they didn't have a radio station, anything like that name. But I'm kind of reading between the lines. I believe that what they were looking to do is to start a radio station with that name because it's a very popular name right around the world and I'm the one I'm the one who holds that name here in New Zealand and you know the the big two radio station plays here we're not happy about that because it was it's it's actually a, re- a really good name it's you know you found you find radio stations called this name all over the world and it came down to money you know I had no money to fight it it was just a a hobby for me it was a low power fm station and at the end of the day I I just had to uh, give up my application for the trademark mm. And it just, it was purely money. If I had the money to fight it, I believe the, the IP lawyers I were using were very good. I believe I had a strong case, but yeah. you, know, mm. you gotta, you gotta fund this, you know, you gotta have money to do it. Mm. And, and that's a problem I mean, with this cease and desist letter. It didn't seem to, well, it's insinuating they're not going to stop at the trademark. So even if I go ahead and withdraw that, it's not like they're going to go, okay, we'll leave you alone now. But then they might, it, it could just be a form letter that they send you. They push that button, out goes the letter and it's got the, mm. the usual... Don't Maybe, but they but no, they want the domains. They want they want everything. They don't, they they do not want this website to exist. Wow. Uh, and if, mm. I don't know if you've been even been to the website yet. I mean, it's clearly not a it's clearly not a Google product. You would have to be you would have to be drunk to you know think it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Look, uh, you know, I've I've been to the website, and you can't confuse it for Google. I will say this at a distance. Without glasses, you might think the word says Google, but that's simply because we're used to seeing Google. It's it's not Google. It doesn't sound like Google, and it certainly doesn't look like Google. It's got a big green bottle cap. Exactly. So, look, all the best with that. Um, I'm afraid there's probably not a lot we can do. You, you guys want any hope, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did the, did the letter tell you that you can't talk to podcasts? 
Uh, it did, but I'm just, you know, I'm, <laughs> flying, I'm flying in the face of large corporations now. What does the matter? <laughs> yeah, what do you stand to lose now, eh? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you look, you never know what could happen. You could, you could get off on a, a free trip somewhere. The guy who worked for Apple and lost that 4G iPhone, the Generation 4 iPhone, has been yep. offered a trip to Germany from Lufthansa. Did you see yes, that? Yes, yes. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, this, Very interesting. It kind of came out of the blue, didn't it? I, I can't really yeah. tell if it's a if it's a marketing stunt or whether it's. And I, oh, I it's can't definitely draw, a marketing stunt. It definitely is, but I can't draw the connection. I don't know why. Why? <laughs> why Lufthansa? Like, what's 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 the connection? I mean, well, the connection sure. is that he was in a German beer hall in California oh. when he lost yeah, it. He didn't even know that. The guy loses a prototype iPhone. He didn't know what he was just drinking beer. Like he, <laughs> he wouldn't know, know what kind of beer it was. <laughs> and to have lost that phone, he's probably exactly. already visited several other bars before he exactly. got to that one. <laughs> yeah. but he probably doesn't even remember going out. No. <laughs> Look, I'd, I'd hate to be him, I'll tell you that, but it's, it's an interesting little stunt there from Lufthansa offering that flight. And that, in, in fact, they've, they've managed to get hold of him. Uh, I just looked at their, their Twitter feed. And they said that the communication is now between Gray and and themselves. Yeah. So uh, I don't no, know whether they'll take think, them up. Yeah, I don't think Steve's going to let Gray out of the dungeon for a while. He's down there <laughs> for quite some time. Yeah. He is. He's, no, he's, he's sharing a cell with the guy who invented the Newton. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're both down there just like looking at each other going, yeah, we're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the guy who invented the Newton is looking at the iPad and going, see, I told you it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, though, if, Apple, if, uh, if Grey Powell does not come out on stage in June to introduce the next you know, the iPhone 4G, <laughs> that, is, that, is a mar- that is a marketing opportunity gone. Oh, yeah, um, actually. He needs to come out on stage and say, hello, everyone, I'd like to reveal the next iPhone. <laughs> that, would, that would just be brilliant. <laughs> and then, well, then Steve comes out and then sort of, you know, puts him in a headlock and, Tussles his hair and goes, get out of here. <laughs> they've, got to have the, they've got to have the stage done up as a German beer hall, though. That's it, exactly. <laughs> curtain, open, curtain opens, there's the German beer hall, music's going, you know, Bavarian yeah. drinking music, and, and there yeah, he comes right. out saying his thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. is pulling signs and stuff, it'd be great. <laughs> uh, look, we've got to lobby Apple to do that. that. That would be so much fun. That would be great. That it would, would be, be inc- inc- Incidentally, uh, just... Not trying to detract, but yeah, we, we got a few hits from Cupertino as well. So I'm just wondering whether um, you think there Steve's might be something look, there. Steve's, yeah, Steve's had a look at Grog and gone, oh, I'm, I'm going to you know do over Google in, in two ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did go pretty nasty, didn't it? That whole thing because the, the cops have now raided the home of the editor at Gizmodo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know that's that's an interesting one because some people are saying that hang on, they can't do that. It was an illegal search because he, they're protected, you know, the journalists are journalists protected are, yeah, have uh, certain, for certain things. But then others are saying, but, you know, there are exceptions to that and there are situations where it can happen. Some say that it was bad form on Apple to do that and others say it was the police that shouldn't have followed through. And I don't know, it, it, this is horrible. Mm. Uh, I think it was pretty bad form on Gizmodo to pay $5,000 for something they knew that was, they clearly knew it was stolen. Yeah, um, it was clearly a stolen good. and so. And they, and they knew, yeah, they knew who the owner was. They had his Facebook up. They had everything. They knew who he was. So wouldn't well, you just? Can, it depends how they how they bill it. I mean, so some have said that they they build it as not five thousand dollars to buy the device, but five thousand dollars to access the device until it is oh, handed back. 
that's a technicality. It, it is a technicality, and that's a kind of a rumor that's doing. Still I don't know making, if it's true. It's still somebody but, making money off of a stolen stolen good. Well, yeah, that's true. Isn't it? It's not a reward for the return of it. It's no, it's not. Money being made off of a stolen good. Whether it's to purchase it or to hold on to it until it's returned is irrelevant. It's still money changing hands for a stolen good. So what was the right thing? What should have happened with this whole thing? The guy finds it. What, what should he have done? He should have taken a lot of photos of it and then given it back. Who does? What does he do? Walk into one infinite loop Cupertino? Exactly. What? <laughs> At his own expense? <laughs> <laughs> because you know he claims now again I don't know whether this is true there's so many rumours out there but he claims that he rang Apple's uh, support and told them and they just laughed it off and, and, and basically didn't believe him yeah but the guys on the help desk are not going to know about some out there prototype device. well absolutely so yeah, I mean exactly. if that, maybe that was justification for himself the, the but problem is that he did, he did this at home now when you, when you find something like that if you just found an iPhone you would go here barman here is an iPhone I found. I think one of our your previous patrons has left it here. Yeah. You don't send mm-hmm. it to yourself, oh, cool, iPhone, I'm just going to take it home, which is what he did. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't yeah. until he sat around and looked at the back and thought, hang on, this isn't a case, took it out and went, oh, my. Yep. Yeah. He thought he was getting a free iPhone and instead yeah, he got something he, which was worth a lot more. Exactly. So the guy was clearly dodged to begin with. He but, yeah, have- what's interesting is that the story hasn't really focused a lot on that guy, on the, the, the guy who found it. It's all oh, yeah, about yeah. Gizmodo, yeah. and I can, un- I, I can understand why they're in the news, but yeah. they're the only ones in the news at the moment. Right now, it's just well, Apple and Gizmodo. Where's, well, where's, the yeah. raid, apparently, the raid, the seizing of the um, Gizmodo journalist's equipment is to find the person who actually did it, the source, the Gizmodo source who gave them the phone. Did the, the police not know that? Or didn't they until they raided? Because I thought well, they did. Apparently not. Gizmodo are so mad about this. They, in fact, if this turns out to be an illegal raid, they're considering suing. Mm. I don't know how I feel about this whole thing. I, what I do know is that, as, you, as we've all just said, the events that took place were wrong. But I, I'm not quite sure how I feel about the whole raid thing. Was that right? I don't know. They busted down the well, door yeah, in it, the it, evening? It seems like just several more wrong events are piling on top in this entire story. He probably has his own private police. I mean, were they just were they legitimate police, or were they just like Apple security? Were they were they security with an Apple lawyer? <laughs> they had like a logo on their badge and just yeah, no, they or they, they brought was along. They brought was to bust down the door, ah, <laughs> and he did it with the, he did it with his Segway. He just kept, he just <laughs> yeah. rolled right up those steps, smashed through <laughs> yeah. the door, and said, "Give yeah. me the phone." With his hacked, with his hacked Segway, you know he hacked it so it, it doesn't have that speed cap. He can now go a lot faster. Yeah, of course he hacked it. That's right. Oh, that's I wonder if he hacks his iPhone too. Probably. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he wouldn't tell Steve though, would he? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Technically, he's still an Apple employee. Well, yeah, te- yeah, he, a dollar a, a year, I think. Oh no, that's really? Steve Jobs actually. No, Steve Jobs yeah, is getting Steve a dollar. Jobs. Yeah. yeah. No, he, big, he's he, that's big, right. He yeah. he's on the. You're right. Was is on the. On the uh, employee list, but he, he doesn't actually get anything. Oh, okay. Well, officially. Because he's supposed to line up for stuff. He's always in the line for things. I'm like, you, you started Apple Computers. Why are you lining up for an iPhone? He enjoys <laughs> lining up, meeting people. He, he, he's that sort yeah. of a guy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I, I met him in Auckland, actually. I've got a photo with him. Wow, that's mm. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he was here for Segway Polo, actually. That's brilliant. He's a patron saint of geeks, isn't there? There's no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be, it's a black arm band day when he dies. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, it really does appear that so many different things have been tripped over in the course of 
this raid on the the journalist. They've been stating, you know, it's a breach of the the journalist rights. The journalists have protection for their sources, and they don't have to divulge those sorts of things. And they're even claiming that the search warrant itself, because the search and seizure occurred in the evening, and they're claiming that the search warrant was not approved for a night search. So it <laughs> it's like a whole heap of little trips and fumbles throughout this entire course of this story. Well, the thing is, there are two things. Is We know that in the US, they've got protection against revealing sources. They don't have to. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're protected for other illegal things. So, for example, if the transaction was illegal, surely that's something quite separate. That's not that's about... That's quite true. That's quite true. That will be interesting. That's, I guess, what Apple and the, uh, the police and the lawyers are leveraging is the fact that, you know, for the, the commission of this felony, it was the Gizmodo journalist and Gizmodo themselves who were the ones who were committing a felony or taking part in a felony. Isn't it funny? Gizmodo makes so much news now they're in the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I wonder if they write up their own story about them. That would be interesting. Gizmodo, well, yeah, we say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course they do. It's completely one-sided. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be too. Last Wednesday, a spokesman from here said. <laughs> yeah. So the whole story reads like the, the Rodney King sort of beating. Like, it's like, oh, they came in and they were beating me. And I, I said, here, take the phone, take the phone. They didn't stop. In fact, it's a little bit like television news. Have you noticed they never, well, it's kind of obvious why, but it's just an observation that you never say a bad story about your own TV network, but feel free to criticise the opposition, you know? Oh, indeed. It's like, you know, telecom is not advertising the XT network as falling over on occasion. But (laughs) (laughs) Vodafone is jumping on the bandwagon of join our network. We don't fall over all the time. (laughs) Yeah, and Telstra Clear as well. Come to a network that actually works. Yes. For those outside New Zealand won't understand that. <laughs> but yeah, we, we've got a, a phone network that doesn't work in this country. It's brand new. Do you want to buy it? <laughs> you, you can put it in Australia if you like. We, we don't, no, honestly no, we, don't mind. We have plenty of phone networks over here that don't work either. <laughs> oh, you and us both, eh? Ah, so maybe that's where Telecom got it from. Possibly, yeah. Speaking of faux pas, this story is about putting that right. Remember we covered a story, was it a week or two ago, about McAfee, that big blunder they had that basically yeah, moved the whole heap of machines because they sent a, an update, a virus definition update, I think it was, and it nuked yep. a whole heap of machines because they started recognizing one of the Windows system files as being a virus. Well, McAfee have announced that they are going to compensate home users for expenses that they may have incurred in relation to fixing their PCs following the bad update. Well, that's brilliant of them. I think that's very good. And to be honest, they probably didn't have a lot of choice. You know, they, they're kind of in damage control mode now. But on the yeah, other hand, they, they could have just ignored it. Yeah, they could have. And as I think we were commenting on in the when we were talking about the original story, McAfee were really downplaying it. It didn't look like they were going to compensate home users or any of that sort of stuff at all. No, I could just but, see this going the same as Seagate. Like, okay, so I'd... I'd our drives don't work now on the PlayStation. Yeah, the update n- bricks it. But, you know, uh, don't worry. You know, that's just the way life is. That's the, the way I thought it was going to go as well. But no, yeah. McAfee have come out and said, you know, no, we'll, we'll compensate. They haven't said what the package is, how much and all that. But, mm-hmm. you know, that, that will come in time. So good on you, McAfee. So have they said it's some um, financial compensation or just compensate? So it might be an extra year on your... Well, they said oh, both. Well, they, said, yeah. they said both. There, there'll be a financial uh, component. 
And wow. they'll, they'll also give uh, another two years extension free of charge. Wow. Yeah. So wow. They, they must that, have that's really breached their, really. their licensing agreement or something for that to they happen. They must have. They must have, yeah. Some lawyer must have said, seriously, you guys are just, you know. <laughs> well, that means somebody you know, actually read one of those license agreements. Exactly. Excellent. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. That's Does amazing. anyone actually, yeah, exactly. Does anyone read those? No, no it's and just why words they, on the next button. Actually, there was a few years button. ago, there was a, yeah, there was some graphic design program or something a few years ago. And I, I was reading about it in one of the tech news blogs, and apparently they put in a clause in their, their EULA that basically said, oh, by the way, if you mention this, this, this clause to us now, we will give you $1,000. And it was like six months or eight months later. Is that right? That this guy went, uh, yeah, this uh, 5.1.9, you mentioned the $1,000. They said, thank you, you're the winner. Is that for real? Yeah, that's definitely for real. Yeah, yeah, they put that in there and he won. Or it wasn't even winning. They, they gave it to him. I like that. Yeah, as long as you were the first person to do so and send an email to, the, to this person. That is and he cool. Actually, he, and he said, yeah, I read them all the time. I read everything. Oh, really? Like only, Does he have any time to do anything? I didn't know. I don't know, but it was just funny because it was like literally six to eight months later. Like they'd just been, you know, this this application had been downloaded like, you know, thousands of times. No one reads them. No, no. <laughs> the thing I want to know though is why is there always a section that shouts at you? There's always yeah, a section in caps. The, the bit in all caps. Yeah. Why, what is with that? Is, is there a... <laughs> that's the part that's really important to read. You know what though? I thought that, but it's, it's no more or no less important than some of the other stuff. I know. <laughs> I don't know why. It's almost like... It's all been written by the same guy, and it's been a copy-paste job. That's what I think. <laughs> all these companies out there, it's all copy-paste, change a few things, done. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's out there, there's a, a website which just has form EULAs for companies to just pick from. Wouldn't yes, surprise me. Yeah, there is. Definitely. I, I bet no one's read the one for the boys of tech. We have an EULA? No, I was just testing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> I should have known we didn't have one. <laughs> yeah. Did you write one? Obviously, oh, I don't read things. <laughs> that was funny because for a second I went, no, I didn't see anything. Jeez, what's he talking about? <laughs> quick, quick, search. Boysoftech.com, where is this thing? Yeah, just goes to prove that, yes, we do not read those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, Cameron, we charge our guests. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's in, it's in the EULA. <laughs> Whoops, I just clicked okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough then, I'll waive the fee. <laughs> Uh, look, I think we've done the international stories, uh, wouldn't you say so? No, we haven't. We haven't talked about the sad... Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, there is... Well yeah. 21 gun salute to the honourable floppy disk. You're right, yeah. the floppy disk coming at the end of this. life. When was the last time you used a floppy disk, Cameron? Uh, I think it was in the 80s. No, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I thought they'd already gone. I was really surprised when I saw this on the story list. I thought... You've got to be kidding me. There's that was going to be my comment. Absolutely. I was the same. Yeah. I thought, what? Yeah. You mean you still make them? Yeah. yeah. I, I've not seen a new floppy disk in a yeah. very long time. But the last time I used a floppy disk was November last year. What, BIOS upgrade? Uh, no. I was installing Windows XP on a very old laptop. Off a floppy what? disk? Off floppy disk. Yeah, well, yes. you must have had 50 what? of them. <laughs> you must have had, like, yeah, 100 of them. Well, yeah. no, only until it got network. Wow. Oh, okay. And what you, installed, you actually had, what you were installing one actually had a drive, obviously. Yes, yes, I did. It uh, wasn't by USB or anything like that, no? Okay. Have a drive, needed quite a few floppy disks, of which I had two, which I constantly had to replace as I put the extra wow. bit on and transferred it across. <laughs> it's insane. 
I honestly can't remember the last time I used floppy disks anymore. I honestly can't remember the last time I used a floppy disk. I don't yeah. think it was that long ago. I mean, it, it was probably about a couple of years ago. They're still going to make them until the end of March 2011. That's what I couldn't believe. I just thought there was like the announcement, like, we've stopped now because, hey, you guys stopped buying them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make them. It's like, They're still going for another year. No, it's like, yeah. why did you quit now, man? You know, no one's going to buy yep. them from now anyway. Or maybe mm. people are going to stock up. I don't know. Maybe there's some real hardcore floppy disk fans out there that are just going to buy them all up. Well, maybe there are a lot of people out there with really old machines do you that the, want to still be able to do things on them. Do you remember the zip disk from iAmiga? Yeah, that was huge, wasn't it? Uh, the thing is with those is they were really great until they died. They had that click of death. Yeah. Remember that? Click, 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 click. Oh, man. I, okay, that's my data all gone. And, and you know you can pretty much break down and cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were huge. I know, I know heaps of people uh, were using them back sort of, you know, what, 98, 99? Yeah, about then, yeah. yeah. Mid to yeah. late 90s, yeah. And yeah. Because surely they're not still being made, are they? No, no. I don't know. No well, idea. Why would I'm you... looking at one right now. But you've got one. What have you, what have you got one for? Well, it, it it's <laughs> is it next to your is it next to your cassette player? <laughs> yeah. I don't have a cassette player. No, no. Uh, it's on top of your your VHS. <laughs> <laughs> Beside the uh, ZX81. That's it. <laughs> no, my Commodore next, next to a big stack of cartridges. <laughs> uh, you know, look, I I've got a box of Apple IIe's, you know, hanging around. Four, I've got four of them. That's cool. But that's, of course, deliberate. You know, put them all together and, and, and you could make almost a fraction of a decent computer. <laughs> yeah. I might get about a half a megahertz out of it. That's insane. <laughs> but then, you know, Edwin, half a megahertz, you'll never need more than that. Oh, absolutely. Why would you need more than that? You just work slower. Yeah. <laughs> Plan ahead. Oh, I can't believe it. Make more coffee. <laughs> that's one of the things I find the most funny about having seen all of these different generations of computers and of the different operating systems and you're working on a clean install of Windows 7 and everything's going blah 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 then you do an install of XP on a different machine and just the speed of things you notice how it's quite slower and then you go back to the old ones and it's like I can't believe I waited a minute and a bit for that thing to boot up before I yeah, can actually use yeah. it. Because you get so accustomed to everything being, you know, just at the you know click of a finger. My, yeah. my first experience with computers was the Commodore 64. Oh, yeah, that was my sure too. Same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially we would, uh, you know, me and my friend, we, we get home from school, we would load a game in the cassette drive and it would take roughly half an hour. So we knew we had enough time to get around our BMXs and sort of, you know, move around the streets and get back and go, okay, the game's loaded. And we go back and play, you know, Oh, play man. whatever, play play Qbert or play Hogo Joe or something like that. So to to think that that's what we used to, how long we used to have to wait. That is crazy. And then the, then of course the rich kid up the road had a, had a had a disc drive with a five and a quarter inch, and it would like you know load in thirty seconds. We were like, you got to be kidding me! Like, <laughs> this is the future. It is. It's the future, <laughs> and it's now the past. But yeah. then you load up this this big game like Test Drive, and not only do you have to wait the thirty seconds for the one side to load, you have to flick the disc over to the other side, insert it, and push a, a button. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, it seemed okay at the time, but now you kind of think, like, what? I, I couldn't wait that long. No. <laughs> <laughs> Your average teenager would, would have done about 100 different things in that time. Ah, uh, look, there's, yeah, they would have done a million MySpace updates. Yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a few thousand tweets. Yeah. 
Second exactly. by second MySpace updates of yeah. the percentage complete yeah. of loading the thing on the Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> probably what it would be, yeah. And they would have said, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, at least I'm <laughs> Right, so a Russian hacker by the name of, I don't know how to pronounce that, Kirillos, I'd say. Does that sound Russian to you guys? It's probably just an avatar name. It's not his, probably his real name. It's just his hacker name. Yeah, 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 hacker yeah probably. Name. Yeah, whether the hacker, Kirillos. Yeah, that is. It's not his real name. But I knew his real name. They'd arrest him. Yeah, yes, <laughs> they know who he was. They well, know he was in New Zealand. Yeah. Well, he claims to be in New Zealand, right here in New Zealand, and he's fairly well known, isn't he, in in the uh, internet underworld? He does appear to be. Well, doesn't he have like millions of Facebook accounts? He does. As, as in usernames yes. and passwords. Yeah, of, he has been offering hacked usernames and passwords of over one point five million Facebook accounts. So why would anyone want to buy a list of usernames and passwords of him? What, what does that give well, them the ability it gets to do? You, it gets you the details of all of that person's friends. And so what? I have. So what? Well, it what gets you? you all of those extra email addresses. That's He's awesome. basically selling that content. You get all of that demographic information about the account you've got, plus all of the demographic information that that account has access to for all of its friends. And you've got the contact details of all of those friends. And so you get those, those ins to get all of this extra information, all of these extra contacts, which you can then put a feed into your spam bots. Okay. So this guy reckons he's made it into New Zealand. He's, he's here. Is, is he a wanted man? Do we know? Well, I'd say he is a wanted man. Why would he even tell? Why would he even say? He's selling 1.5 million Facebook accounts. Well, that would be a crime if he is here and he's doing that. That's a crime, isn't it? Mm. So, But and why would he say he's here? Surely it's a wild goose chase. He can't be possi- here. Well, yeah, possibly. He's in it's, Latvia. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, almost. He's, it's he's just that he's got a, he's contactable via ICQ and he, his ICQ service lists his address as being New Zealand. Oh, but that oh. doesn't mean he's here, does it? He's no, a hacker. Like he hasn't spoofed that. Exactly. Yeah. He's probably spoofed his IP address to, to one yeah. belonging to New Zealand as well. But He's probably still at home. Yeah. He's, he's in his house. That's the only place yeah, he hasn't searched. Yeah, that's it. Because <laughs> he's in New Zealand. <laughs> that would be the way to do it. Yeah, if he, he was here, though... It'd be a worry if he was on the watch list because it shows that the custom situation isn't too good. Well, if, if the only thing that anybody knows about him is his ICQ contact and the fact that his hacker name is Kirillos, then that's not really enough to identify anybody. No, no. No, that's true. <laughs> Have you spoken in, to any Russians recently, Brett? Uh, no, no. Because my uh, next question would be, do they look like the guy in the photo on the on the news side? <laughs> <laughs> that looks like Putin. <laughs> it does. Putin uses it's, a Mac. It's Putin's head <laughs> over top of a Macintosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> now, look, have we done the international stories? Yes. yes. Can I, I go I now? <laughs> can I go now? Yes, you can. We We need to take a short break. This is killing me. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about the New Zealand story about how Wickles is now going to sell ebooks here in NZ. All right, welcome back. Well, news is that Wickles has announced it's going to be selling ebooks on its website as of this month. Brilliant. That's my comment. And what is Wickles? Is my comment. Oh. <laughs> Wickles, it's uh, would it be our largest 
bookstore chain? Well, it's yeah, yeah possibly. I don't know. Borders is quite. Well, they bought Borders actually. At least here they did. Well, yeah, oh. it's it's um, W H Smith, I think. The parent group. Is, yeah, Red Group's the the parent group, isn't it? I thought it was W H Smith. Pretty sure Red Group because Red Group owned or does it still be you know Flying Pig? Flying Pig, that's long gone. Yeah, yeah, but that Red Group owned that. Red Group owned that. The Green Bookstore. I can never remember what was its that? name. All, are these other failed attempts? Are they? Well, no. What was that other bookstore? Because there was Wickles and then there was, was London a... Books. London Bookshop. You remember London Bookshop? Oh, from years back. Yeah, it had green, gold, kind of Harrods esque signage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they were all owned by Red Group. Right. So Wickles, Cameron, and for the benefit of people outside New Zealand who still wish to be listening to this section and haven't pushed pause on their iPod yet. Wickles is, I think, uh, our largest or a very large book chain, bookstore chain here in New Zealand. Okay. And it's uh, it's announced that it's going to be uh, launching ebooks at the moment. We've I don't think we've got anything in New Zealand that sells ebooks. Is that right, Brett? That's correct. The only place you can get ebooks is if you get them off Amazon or one of the other international places. I think there'll be two million titles available through the website wickles.co.nz. So that this is uh, just again, a, you know, a huge paradigm shift. You know, ten years ago, we wouldn't have been thinking about ebooks. No, or only just starting to. Yeah, and it's it's brilliant that we've got something which is coming from a strong New Zealand background bookseller, uh, bringing ebooks to New Zealand. But not only the ebooks are they bringing; they're going to be bringing a matching e-reader as well. What's the e-reader wow. going to be? I don't know. There's no details that I've seen about what the the e-reader is going to be like. But we do know that the ebook format can be downloaded and read also on your PC, on your smartphone, on your iPad, if you've got an iPad, on your netbook. So you will be able to download it and read it on all sorts of things, but they are bringing out a specific e-reader as well. should find out what that is. I might wander down to Whitcalls and see if someone's dropped one there on the floor or something. Uh I wonder if it's if it's um if they just license the Barnes and Noble e-reader that's that's uh, came out in the US, possibly. The last e-reader I looked at was a, a Kindle. So, does the Barnes and Noble e-reader use the um, e-ink interface? Oh, I, I absolutely have no idea. I'm just assuming it wouldn't be a Kindle. Uh, I mean, I thought maybe, yeah, I just thought, I thought it might have been a, you know possibly a license. But I mean, I just would have thought it would have been a, a big cost for. Uh, I mean, obviously you said Wickle's pretty big, but that would be a big cost for. Even an Australian book chain to, to you know basically develop their own yeah e- oh yeah we're, we're a small so market absolutely I mean New Zealand's a yeah. very small market globally so yeah exactly yeah. I know what you're saying it, it surely yeah. it must be a, a rebranded or, 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 or just even not rebranded or do we even know they're going to rebrand it what makes us say that well yeah, it's uh, they do say that they are going to be bringing out a matching e-reader for their ebook store. Oh, I see. Okay, so it'll probably have Wickles on it, but yeah, it'll yeah, be I can't remember the name of the I can't remember the name of the um, the Barnes and Noble one. It's I'm not sure, but that that could possibly be it. The Nook. Yeah, the Nook. I'm looking, the Nook. That's, that's right. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm. I, I, does, it, I, does it say what it is? Does, does it use that e ink? I, I don't know. I, I don't know a lot about the Nook, Brad. It does look like e ink. Looking at the pictures. Yeah, Cameron, tell me in Australia, do you have any? Uh, Stores or a chain of stores that have a presence in Australia that also offer ebooks? Not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. They've just launched the Kindle out here. Oh, have they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can, we can we can buy the Kindle locally. Well, just so walk I into think, a store and, and buy one. Ah, uh, well, no, I think you oh, actually, I don't, Yeah, I think it's online, but we can get it. And they, right. uh, I think it's because uh, when the iPad was announced, 
they pretty much went, oh, we have to get these e-readers out to everyone. So they pretty much did this worldwide thing where you get Kindles locally now. So your books would you get from where? Amazon, would you? Yeah, I guess. Your yeah. e-books, right? Yeah, you'd have to. So I don't think it offers the the WhisperNet, you know, always online type type thing that it does in the US. So if you want to, you know, get magazines or periodicals or newspapers, like every morning you wake up and, hey, there's your local, you know, e-reader version of your, your newspaper sitting on the, uh, on the Kindle. Mm. So, have, so you, have you used e-books before? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, see, I, was, I, 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 I just wonder, I probably sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but I, I just do wonder how, how hard it would be on the eyes, unless you've got something like e-ink, which I understand is much, much closer to the Much, real much closer. You yeah. Get, yeah. Uh, e-ink has, well, e-ink was specifically developed because of the, you know, the issues reading hard Oh, reading online, yeah. It's very harsh. It is hard. And... Uh, it was developed specifically for that, and the all the reviews I've seen for the different generation e-ink readers are that it is by far the nicest reading experience. The screen allows you to be, you know, you can be outside in a relatively sunny space and still be able to read it. Whereas if you had a glossy flat screen, your <laughs> iPad, uh, you're going to get glare and reflection off that thing. You're not going to be able to read it outside in a nice sunny day. Mm. I've heard the opposite, though, in the sense that when it's dark at nighttime, it's hard to read a Kindle, whereas that's where the, the iPad just oh, I see. goes crazy. Yeah, because yeah, the, the iPad in sunlight, if you take the iPad to the beach, don't bother. You, you can't see it. In mm. the same way, you, you can't see an iPhone. Or you can, but it's just not very clear. Having a look at this Nook thing, I wouldn't mind Wickles bringing out the Nook because it's got the e-ink as the main interface, and then it's got a full-color touch screen green as a little sliding interface at the bottom, which is what has the app buttons and the, you know, book covers if you'd allow mm. to search through and find. Oh, and now that it sounds nice. Mm. Yeah, it's, the, it's, yeah. Definitely, it's definitely sexier than the Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Kindle isn't, isn't very much to look at, is it? No, no. it's not. But no, I, apparently it, it works better than the Nook. From, from the reviews I've read, the Nook doesn't quite cut it. Oh, okay. From what I'm looking at, it looks awesome, but the reviews have been not so great. Right. Well, I'll have to wait and see what Wickles comes out with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, that pretty much concludes the show. Cameron, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us on the show. No problem at all. Thank you. It was uh, great. Now, Cameron, where can people find you? Uh, well, the website, uh, you can find us at grubble.com or if you're listening in New Zealand, it's grubble.co.nz or you can find me uh, on Twitter and my handle is just at Cameron Colley. Right, twitter.com slash Cameron Colley, C-O-L-L-I-E. Correct. Excellent. Right, well, all the best with the uh, domain name and the company name and all that. Yeah, indeed. And uh, do, keep, do keep us uh, up to date with what happens. And uh, if, if there's any major developments, we will invite you to come back on the show if you'd like. That sounds great, most definitely. Awesome. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Cameron. Thank you. Brett, thank you for co-hosting the show with me. It's been Always a, blast. a pleasure, Edmund. And we'll have to do it all again next week. That was episode 64 all wrapped up. See you all again next week for number 65. Till then, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.